another episode of the first and 56 podcast brought to you by the blue stable rondo griffin anthony gulick your host as always and again as i said before and i said on the last show we've got a lot to get into but most importantly we are back and we're just going to jump right into it because anthony obviously it's still the nfl offseason but it was a bit of a rocky offseason for the Colts. You know, we had that normal patience from Chris Ballard not making some moves, but there were three key moves that made in the offseason. And really, I guess you could argue maybe the three only moves he did make. And I think it's best to really go in the order of which they happen. So let's start first things first. And that it opens up with the trade. Chris Ballard starts off the Colts offseason trading. I guess you could say controversial cornerback, but I'll call him a rising NFL caliber corner in the league. Rocky Asin, send him to the Raiders, bring in Yannick Ngakwe, you know, pass rusher elite. I call him one of the elites. I've gotten laughed about that, but that's a man who gets it done. But Anthony, obviously I'm going to segue to you here. The Yannick Ngakwe for Rocky Asin trade, the rare one for one player for player trade. I guess give me your opinions on it and how you viewed it. Yeah, I mean, personally, first off, um, I I didn't I didn't love it. You know, I really, you know, um, I was really high on Rock coming into next year, um, and I was I was you know, I, I was I was excited about Ngakwe. Obviously, he's somebody who we really needed, but um, it's it I was I was really you know high on Rock. So, um, I I I was upset at first, but you know, I came I came um you know, across the idea of like, you know what, like if, if, if Al, Al-Qadim Muhammad is not coming back, you know, um, Ngakwe is going to make a big impact on this defense. And, um, obviously I, I'm less upset about it because we figure out the corner situation. So, um, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy with the trade uh, overall. I think um, Ngakwe is going to be a big ad for our defense this year. Yeah, so I, I guess I'm definitely more hype about it than you are, which is fine. But for me, like w- when I saw that, I was absolutely ecstatic. You know, Yannick, Yannick Ngakwe is one of those players in the league where because there's so many other extremely great pass rushers, the Bosa's of the Bosa's of the world, the Khalil Max, the Max Crosby is obviously Aaron Donald, even Defoe on our team. He kind of gets forgotten about, but Yannick Ngakwe is a, is a man who has never had less than eight sacks in a season. He's only 27. And really we should be very familiar with him because he terrorized us when he was on the Jaguars for four years. And obviously he faced his turmoil over there back in 2019, ultimately getting traded for the Vikings. And once he was made available back in his Jacksonville days, obviously, again, I knew it was a pipe dream that the Colts were going to make a trade within the division, but I was just screaming of that's a guy you need to get, you know, a a thing, a theme that you and I have said on our show. And it's really just kind of known the Colts have really lacked a pass rush since the days of 98 and 93. You know, bringing in DeForest Buckner definitely changed that a lot, but still searching for that guy who can come bring the pressure from the outside. Yes, we've got two young guys in Pay and and Dio who are, you know, they're, pr- they're primed to be the future. Obviously, they're young. Dio, in his case, really still coming off injury, but he's full healthy. Pay going to come in a year two. We're going to see what they both bring. But with Yannick Ngakwe, that's a proven guy. You can look at his numbers, what he brings to the table. He knows how to get to the quarterback. Like I said, you can write it in pen. He gets eight at the minimum eight sacks a season. And that type of consistency on the outside is exactly what we need. Yeah, I agree. You know, that's, that's you know, 
something that we've been heavily missing. And, you know, minimum eight sacks is is right. He's going to come in with, on this loaded defensive line and really, like, make an impact. Um, and, and you know, a, bu- a bunch of Raiders fans were telling me, you know, or, or, or like, saying on Twitter um, across the offseason, like, hey, like, he didn't always show up in the big moments. But, like, if, if you think about it, all that we need him to do is just show up like say 75% of the time because Al-Qadim Muhammad didn't show up at all. And I hate like making that c- comparison with, with Al- Al-Qadim Muhammad, but you know, they signed him, but he's not really a rotational guy. He's more, he, he ate up a lot of the snaps last year. Um, um, at defensive end opposite of Quiddy pay. So, uh, I think that he's going to make a really big impact. You know, he could even make the pro bowl next year. It could be a resurgent year for him. Um, and he's really, you know, going hard in the offseason, just like everybody else right now. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited to see what he's going to do. I think that he's going to be um, probably our biggest difference maker on the defense this year. Yeah, you know, I can definitely agree with that. And not to mention, you know, the, the Gus Johnson connection. Obviously, Gus Johnson was his defensive coordinator when he was playing for the Raiders in Vegas. So you get that connection. You, you kind of see it over the course of really almost all sports. Some players just peak better under certain coaches or just the chemistry, the come the familiarness, whatever you call it, it just works. You know, and looking at his stats last season, you know, 10 sacks, 11 tackles for loss, two forced fumbles, you know, and like I said, and again, and, and the best part about it is he might not even be getting the most attention on the D-line. It's probably still going to be Buckner. So again, kind of a thing you and I talked about back when Quiddy Pay was getting drafted is that for the most part, Nguakwe is probably facing one-on-ones on the outside. And granted, he had that in Vegas, obviously, them having to do with Max Crosby. And you see how he puts up double-digit sacks. So, again, proven guy, gets to the quarterback, fits right in with the scheme. And obviously, his former defensive coordinator is now is now our defensive coordinator. So, again, I think everything is put into place for that to work out. And like I said, I can't really see anything bad happening with that. But obviously, you know, let, let's get off the Ngakwe thing. Let's move. Let's. I'm going to save one guy for last. I think you know what I'm thinking about. But let's talk about the other piece on the defense who we picked up. Now we we peaked about him a little bit in our last episode, but let's get full into it now. Probably the biggest splash of the offseason for the Colts. Definitely the biggest free agent signing of the offseason for the Colts. All-Pro all cornerback Stephon Gilmore coming to India, two-year, $23 million contract. Obviously, when you when you put his name in his pedigree, that's a super discount. Anthony, the Colts finally, finally have that lockdown, shutdown, number one guy corner on the team. We've needed that for years. Yes, we're not playing that. Matt Evers was cover two anymore, but Anthony, what can you say about just putting Gilmore on this defense? Yeah, man, I'm, I was super excited when this one was, um, when the signing happened, signing Stefan Gilmore, like you said, it's huge to get a lockdown corner in here, especially with, with the scheme change. I, I feel like it's a perfect fit. And, um, especially in our, in our room of corners with Isaiah Rogers and Kenny Moore, um, guys like that, man, um, I think that, that he was a desperate need and, you know, normally, you know, the Colts don't really go for, you know, big name guys like that. But, um, you, you know, this past offseason, we're seeing it with Ngakwe and, and Gilmore, man. You know, the Colts are really all in with, with bringing in these big name guys. And I'm really excited. I think that, 
Gilmore is going to have a great year for us. He fits our scheme perfectly for what we're trying to do. And um, I just think that he, he's going to have a monster year. This defense is going to be really, really good. Yeah, definitely agree with you there. Like I said, again, a lockdown guy, you know, one of those, Re- the Revis, the Sherman types of, I, I've got this guy, find someone else. You're not, you're not throwing him the ball. You know, we, we, again, we really, we really haven't, if you think about it, and, you know, maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I can't really think of the t- of a time when the Colts really had a true shutdown number one corner. So, again, you add that to this defense where, again, we've, we just talked, we got done talking about the D-line. We know how tremendous our linebackers are. But, right, when it came to the secondary, you know, I, I would say of between the corners and the safeties, I guess you could say our safeties were maybe like above league average. But in that corner room, after Kenny Moe, you're really not getting much. So to again to get a number one guy on the outside who can guard big time receivers who have torched us in the past. Not to mention the fact that it helps that the Titans just got rid of their number one guy. I mean, obviously you spur of the moment question, Anthony. <laughs> Who's the best receiver not on the Colts in the AFC South? Ooh, that's that's hard to say. I, I mean. I'm gonna guess and say Brandon Cooks, and that's not saying much. But I, I would probably say him. I don't even know. I, I know, I know the Jacksonville Jaguars paid Christian Kirk, but he's not even the number one. So I, I, I couldn't even tell you personally. Yeah, you know, honestly, now that I think back on it, Brandon Cooks is the easy. I probably should ask who's number two because yeah, it, it's Brandon Cooks, and then probably a wide gap, and even then, it's probably a debate. So, but that's my point is that obviously because in our division, those are the guys you're playing the most. You know, that's six. That's six of our 17 game schedule. I'm, I'm not that I'm necessarily scared before. I guess Cooks probably did scare me. Now I'm not scared at all because I know Gilmore is going to have that on lock, pun not intended. So, but again, it's an all-pro guy, veteran. He becomes, as I've, we've made the, the notion about how the age of this team, Gilmore becomes the oldest member on the team at the age of 31. And I think the most important thing, Gilmore brings that Super Bowl pedigree. He's, you can correct me if I'm wrong, I think he might be the only one on the roster, uh, on the roster as in the players, with a Super Bowl ring. so and, and that's huge for a locker room. Obviously, that's huge, that's huge for the growth, for again, of this young team. And especially with, again, that young defense, Leonard, Leonard, Speed, Franklin, Quiddy Pay, Dio, e- even Defoe's on the younger side. Now you've got a guy in this locker room, in that defensive room, who has won the big game. And that's absolutely huge in terms of going forward. Yeah, I think that's huge. Um, he, he, you know, him bringing that, that that Super Bowl pedigree is just is just huge. And um, I think I, th- I think in terms of accolades, not that accolades like necessarily matter, but um, in terms of accolades, he's a highly he's he's the highest decorated player coming in. I'm pretty sure he has five Pro Bowls. Um, that's that's the most out of anybody else on the co- on, on the Colts right now. I think uh, Leonard and Buckner each have like three or four and. And, and Gilmore's coming in with five, and 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 like we we've said in the past, he's a he's a, a former defensive player of the year. He knows what he's doing here. So um, I I think him being a veteran, um, he's really going to help out the young guys here, and they um you know it's, it's, it's especially with like all all, all these guys who want to win so bad, he's going to help you know bring that winning type of mentality here. 
Yeah, you know, I really like I said I couldn't have said it better. It, it's an exciting move, and really, I mean, I'm sure I don't. I can't speak for you. I can't speak for you, but I can speak for myself. It, it was definitely annoying watching another offseason pass and watching the Colts' phone stay silent, not picking up anybody. It, it, it's obviously you're, you're sitting back watching, playing your armchair GM. It, it's really annoying watching other teams appear to get make the appearance of getting better, signing guys, bringing in guys. But I mean. As it was, you say all the time, Ballard has never really given us a reason to not trust him, and he always does come through and let you know let this be another one. So now let's let's get into it. Obviously, another year, another Colts quarterback. But Anthony, and I, I think since we've really started this podcast thing, I think we can both agree that this might be the most comfortable quarterback we've had coming into the season in terms of where we can go. So obviously the Carson Wentz experiment did not work out. We're going to get into that guy a little specifically on a different episode, but let's talk the new starting quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts. And that's going to be veteran Matt Ryan comes in over on a trade with a third round pick acquired from Washington, as well as another pick later on. So Anthony, you got Matt Ryan comes, steps in. He's QB1 now. So another, I believe, year six, quarterback number six for this Indianapolis Colts team. But how are we feeling about Matt Ryan? Man, Matt Ryan, man, I'm so excited. Um, you know, like you said er, er, earlier, and, um, you know, watching other teams make moves and free agency, it, it sucked. And you didn't really know, like, quarterback-wise, who's really going to be, you know, on the market. And the options at the time weren't great. Um, but then as soon as Matt Ryan became available, I was thinking to myself, man, like this is a perfect fit. And, you know, I, I think that Matt Ryan, he's got a lot of juice left in the tank. You know, Phillip Rivers, when, when he came in a couple of years ago, we knew that he would probably have like one or two years left. But um, Matt, Matt Ryan's up there in age, but I feel like he's got like, you know, two, three, four years left if he wanted to, because there's guys like Brady who are playing until they're 45 and, Matt Ryan has talked about, you know, how good he's felt um, health-wise. So I think that Matt Ryan's got a lot of juice left. I think it's going to be really nice to see, you know, other players get the ball because Wentz, um, you know, he was famous for not taking the check down and stuff like that. So I think that um, Matt Ryan is, you know, he's a really good fit for our offense and, I, I I think that he's gonna have like a really good year. I think the that, that that Matt Ryan he got a lot of flack last year because the 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 Falcons kind of made him look bad because they you know had a bad offensive line and he was under a lot of pressure. But um, I think it's gonna be a comeback year for Matt Ryan, and I'm really excited to see where um, you know Matt Ryan's gonna take us in uh, in 2022 and 2023. Man, I'm I'm really excited. Yeah, you know, as for myself, I've got to be honest. I had some pause about it just when the rumor started. You know, it, it, it kind of was similar to when Philip Rivers talks were happening, then obviously ended up bringing in Philip Rivers, who, and I'll be honest, I was 100% not a fan of bringing in Philip Rivers. I said he's too old, he's got nothing left, and this that team wasn't a win-now team. But Philip Rivers was able to elevate us to different levels. Obviously, we got better production out of him than we got out of Jacoby Brissett following that year. You know, ultimately, lose a playoff game. It it was a good fight. But 
that Philip Rivers year kind of showed me that. Well, one, I guess it more so reinforced just how much of a difference a cor- just one quarterback can make. But so two, it using that can make me feel better about acquiring Matt Ryan. With that, shout out to one of our faithful listeners, Adam at Colts Fanatic on Twitter. He called it day one. Once the rumor, the talks that Matt Ryan was available, he called day one. He said Colts were going to go get him. I was down on it. I was against it. I was personally, I was a Baker Mayfield guy. I was like, hey, go get him. He's a young, he's a young guy on the cheaper side, $18 million a year. And again, talking the youth movement, he can grow with this team, you know, he went num- he was a number one overall pick. He went number one. He showed some fl- some really good flashes in Cleveland. I felt right could have made him work. That being said, they elect to get the veteran, a guy who's been doing it for years and years, does have a Super Bowl appearance. And when you get into this kind of specific specifics of it, it makes me feel a little better. Matt Ryan is not used to having protection. He steps into Indy, immediately probably gets maybe the best O-line he's going to have of his career. He's had a couple of good ones in Atlanta, but definitely not on a consistent side. And obviously, go back to last year, I believe he was the most sad quarterback of the season. So that's uh, that's factor one. Factor two is that he's really only he's already kind of used to only having one receiver, one target, one go-to guy. Start off as Roddy White, transition to Julio Jones at a time. At one point, he did have Jones and Ridley, but for the most part, he's only had a one guy. Insert Indy. Yes, we have, obviously we have our draft picks, you know, who we're excited about. But let it be. Let's be real. As of right now, they're unproven. We don't know what they bring. What he does get is a young Michael Pittman, who I think Matt Ryan can make better. Very similar to how we said the same thing about Philip Rivers when he had him. Then finally, insert Frank Reich, who we all we both know is a great coach. Every quarterback he has had, we really haven't see, seen bad gameplay. And what I mean, what I mean by that is that he's been able to make this team play winning football. You know, Jacoby Brissett, hate him or love him, he was at least winning games up until that injury. You know, Andrew Luck goes without saying, the one year he did have him, lights out. Phillip Rivers, we just got done talking about that. Again, let got us to the playoffs. And look, even Carson Wentz, hate him, love him. If you want to look statistically, he wasn't that bad. Obviously, he wasn't the answer. He wasn't the future. And he's obviously, he's obviously he's no longer on the team for the better. But Reich has proven that he can essentially win with anybody. So I think for any Colts fans who were like myself having pause on Matt Ryan, you know, I, I think we're going to get very similar to what we have with Phillip Rivers, if not better. Yeah, I agree. I think there's going to be a very similar season with Phillip Rivers. But I think that he, he's going to be better. Like I said, um, you know, I think I think the Rivers, he, he has questionable games here and there. Um, the one that um, comes off the mind first is, is the game against the Browns. He didn't look great. Um, but the year before that, the year that we brought in Rivers, um, he was he looked pretty bad. I'm not going to lie. And, and, that, and, that, and that's why you said, like, you know, like some people like you were thinking that, that he has nothing left in the tank because he didn't look great. But, you know, Matt Ryan last year, he looked great. He was just under under a lot of pressure. And, 
I feel like if the Falcons were a better run organization, he would still be there right now. You know, I'm, I'm taking everything with a grain of salt here. Um, I'm being optimistic about it. I think that Matt Ryan's going to, you know, have a lot of fun with these young receivers. I think that he's going to be really good. Um, and I, th- I think that Matt Ryan could honestly take us to wherever we want to go this year. Um, you know, last, last year, you know, from, from, from watching the first two games, um, especially, especially on the show here, people like to, like to blame Wentz a lot for, for like us losing games. And he, he was never the reason for winning, but you also can blame him for, for, for losing games. So like, for example, the game against Seattle last year, you couldn't really blame him for losing that game because he played well, but he also wasn't the reason that we won. But but this year, I feel like we're not going to have issues like that at quarterback. Like, you can't really make excuses for the quarterback because I feel like the quarterback is always going to show up. So um, that basically would just be my, my, my Matt Ryan take in a nutshell because I feel like you're not going to have to worry about the quarterback showing up. He's always going to be accurate. He still has the arm strength. And I think I think that, you know, his his play style is a lot of what Phillip Rivers and Carson Wentz do combined. So Carson Wentz had the big arm. And Philip Rivers was more accurate, so like went went Wentz wasn't as accurate, but he had the big arm, and and Rivers didn't have the big arm, but he was very accurate. I feel like Matt Ryan is a mixture of both. Even though that Matt Ryan's up there in age and his deep balls has lost just a tiny bit of juice, you know, I feel like he's still you know capable of making those big time throws. So um, I th- I think that Matt Ryan's going to be a great player for us, man. Yeah, and that was definitely well said. And I, 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 I'm glad how you put that uh, with Carson Wentz because it, it really, I think that's a great ex- explanation of it. Is that you really you couldn't sure could you look at a game or two and permanently blame it on him? Sure, but but for the most part of that season, you couldn't necessarily blame Wentz for a loss. But then on the flip side, you couldn't really praise him for a victory. You know, and I, I think you and I said it really on a lot of our shows in the past season. The win was either because the defense carried, because JT carried, or it was just an overall team effort. But then on the flip side, you know, in the losses, it was either everyone showed up, you know, yes, Wentz had his bonehead interceptions, but there were other carrying factors to that, not just said bonehead interceptions. You know, and bringing Matt Ryan, saying how Matt Ryan is the best of both worlds, can't agree with that more. Obviously, you know, you get you get the veteran presence, like you got with the Phillip Rivers, you get, you get all the mechanics, like with the Carson Wentz. You know, and even just playing some stat numbers, Matt Ryan has never thrown less than 4,000 yards since 2011. Yes, with the exception of last year, but last year he threw for 3968. So basically for basically 4,000. He has never thrown for less than 20 touchdowns since his rookie season, which was way back in 2008. Safe to say you can write in pen 4,000 yards, 20 touchdowns. I think any Colts fan will gladly take that. Obviously, the interceptions are going to matter as well. But like you and I both agree, if Ryan is better than Wentz, which we do think that he is, Wentz only threw seven interceptions last season. And I'd argue half of them were those bonehead, had no business throwing at left-hand interceptions. Now, I'm not going to throw a prediction number on Matt Ryan. Because definitely, I think we're, I think he's going to take more chance, more smarter chances than Wentz, aka throwing the ball more when necessary. It might lead to more picks, but it also might lead to more touchdowns. It's kind of the the argument in baseball with a power hitter of giving up, taking home runs, but also with that taking the the negative of the strikeout. So again, it remains to be seen. But obviously. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. We're, we're definitely in a good position to be in, especially with the way that the AFC 
as a whole conference is going. I mean, heck, we, we just saw the Bengals make this miracle run and nearly even win the game. So it, it puts us in a great, comfortable position. And even then, just looking how the rest of our division is falling over, I think we're I think it's safe to say we're back to AFC South dominance. Yeah, like you just said, like with the way the AFC is going, um, it's it's really easy to say that the Colts, you know, are really are going to dominate the AFC South, um, and and with with the Bengals last year, it's it's more of an, you you, you know, um, it's it's just it's just a testament to, as long as you get in, anything can happen, and I feel like on paper, this team, I know it's just off season and you know it's just predictions and everything like that, but this team with our roster, with our new scheme and everything like that, we can go toe to toe with anybody in the NFL, and I will stand by that 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 notion. So, um, I I feel like the, the the Colts are definitely should be the favorites, especially now that AJ Brown is gone and in, in the AFC South. Um, I feel like we have one of the most improved rosters in the AFC, and um, I think that we're going to be really really good next year. Yeah, you know, again, I cannot agree more, and especially with the playoffs, if you got a big punch, you've always got a chance, and adding Matt Ryan definitely gives us another big punch to this young offense. But I think that's going to end it off for this episode. So obviously, first and foremost, can't thank you guys enough for tuning in and listening. If you're not already, make sure to give us a follow on Twitter at first and 56 F I R S T A N D five, six T H at first and 56 is the handle on Twitter. Also make sure to go ahead and download the app rave on where you sport fans can be heard. I had the pleasure last season of hosting all of the Colts battle chats. I will be doing that again when this season kicks off. Make sure to download the apps available on Android and iOS. Also, give our friends a follow at Rave on Sports. Support the apps, more people on there. And again, the beauty thing about that app is it's not just football. They are expanding to all sports. You can find the chat room for your favorite sport team, professional and college. So definitely give our friends a look up, download the app, give them a follow, and let them know that first and 56 sent you and also last but not least make sure to give our hosts our channel the blue stable give them a follow on youtube you're going to catch us on there in the near future i promise you that as well as give them a follow on twitter at the blue stable but as always on behalf of myself anthony the blue stable and first and 56 we thank you for tuning in we thank you for listening as for now that's first and 56 we're going to pick up the chains and we'll catch you again next time